Somebody tell me. The Thursday Accomplishment Coaching is proud to present the following fine programming. Accomplishment Coaching, where coaches lead and leaders coach. AccomplishmentCoaching.com. Welcome to The Coaching Show with your host, Master Certified Coach, Christopher McAuliffe. That's me. Christopher McAuliffe, Master Certified Coach. I think you have to say it like this, Master Certified Coach. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm the delighted, proud, and longtime uh, host of this here podcast. <laughs> that voice you hear, that laughter comes from my in-studio guest <laughs> co-host. That would be Clarice Connolly. Clarice, you're a coach of some sort? Yes, absolutely. I'm a women's empowerment coach and I support women in transition and really getting present to what's so in their life and how to unlimit their beliefs and really get present to the possibility of creating it all now and, you know, just loving them up on the way, supporting them and creating structures to do so. I love that, creating the possibility of living your dreams now. You've, you've got a little dream you're living too. You won't be in studio with us, will you? I won't. Are I you, am. Where are you headed? What are you doing? Taking that courage and you know, trusting my intuition and just blindly moving to Portland and knowing that I can create what I want there when I get there. No disrespect to our sightless friends, but the, uh, the, uh, when you say blindly, you mean like you don't have any reason, justification no. or family there no. or what are you up to? Just going. Yep. Just going. Just going as I want to. What about all your possessions, things, and the roots you've laid down? I am, uh, you know, creating closure in healthy and productive ways and, you know, uh, really just selling a lot of the belongings that I no longer need and minimizing down to exactly what I can fit into a car. And it's liberating. Wow. It's really empowering. What stuff. I got a lot of stuff. I have stuff I haven't seen in years. It just stuff. feels so good to donate it to like, man, there's just so many ways to give to the people that need it or want it or have been looking for it. And it's so it's just great. It feels so good wow. to let it go and find new homes. You're scaring me. OK, but people can still work <laughs> with you and find you at empowering women, plural dot yep. coach singular. Mm -hmm. That can be confusing. Empowering women dot coach. Um, great. Uh, will you keep us posted on your journey and, and how it goes? Yeah, absolutely. Including the incredible sadness and loneliness. <laughs> all the rain. Yes, I'm ready to be with it all. OK, great. Two words for you. Voodoo donuts. That's all I'm saying. Mm -hmm. um, OK, and uh, have a great adventure. That's very exciting. Listen here, my dear listener, you, <laughs> you who's listening, I want to talk to you. We're going to talk today for an entire hour to somebody you may not know, you may not have heard of, but this book, OMG, as the kids say, this book. <laughs> now, we're delighted to welcome to our microphone for the first time, Amanda Blake. And how come we invited her? First of all, I think that uh, Clarice, you heard her speak, you heard yes. something and you mm -hmm. were intrigued mm -hmm. and delighted. And so you went and reached out to her. And then this book arrived. Yeah. Dun, dun, dun. This book. I'm, I'm purposely not telling you the title because I want to talk about the title. But this book is a book. You know how it is with self-help books. Every, uh, people recommend books or you see people who have written books. And it's just it's, it's always a little bit of a question mark. This book is one of those books where I started it and I got into it and I got into it further and I started dog ear underlining <laughs> and and it's now the book is a mess, but I am a better human being for it. And I think every coach, every coach, if you're in the sound of our voice, you should have this book. Amanda Blake is a master somatic leadership coach and the author of the best-selling book. This is the title, Your Body is Your Brain. She founded Embright 
a company to help influencers and idealists expand their leadership capacity and make a more satisfying and meaningful contribution. The book, again, is Your Body Is Your Brain. The subtitle is Leverage Your Somatic Intelligence to Find Purpose, Build Resilience, Deepen Relationships, and Lead More Powerfully. Welcome to our microphone, Amanda Blake. Hello. Hello. It's great to be here with you. Thank you. Thanks for being had, as we like to say. What's your uh, look around outside? Where do you live? Where are you? Where are you today? Um, well, it's so interesting hearing you talk to Clarice. Clarice, grad, congratulations on your move. I used to live in Portland. Yay. Uh, and I recently, um, home for me is the Lake Tahoe area in mm. California, but I Gorgeous. recently uh, temporarily moved to the Midwest where I'm enrolled in a PhD program um, studying a lot of the things we're going to talk about today. So, Are you purposefully not telling us the name of the city? <laughs> Well, it's complicated. I'm living is it in shame? Michigan. <laughs> the the school Case Western Reserve is oh, in Cleveland, Ohio. That's a big deal. But you're living in Michigan to get to Cleveland? That seems odd. Well, it is it is, it is odd. My partner works here part time throughout the year anyway, um, and has been for a long time. So we just uh, decided to temporarily consolidate ourselves and um, similarly kind of pull up stakes. Um, and for us, it's a temporary move. We'll be here for a couple of years. And then we're heading back home to the mountains of California, which is where my heart lives and where we're actually headed uh, in a few weeks for a visit. Lovely. Um, uh, we, the first controversy we need to settle here is what shall we call you? Ms. Blake, uh, Dr. To be Blake? What? <laughs> Dr. To be. I like that one. Let's do that. <laughs> I, I like the Reverend Dr. Amanda J. Blake. No, nice. you, you can call me Mandy. How's that? Wow. Uh, casual. I like it. Thanks. Um, listen, we got to talk about this. <laughs> this book is a big deal. This book, you know, uh, one of the things uh, Clarice kept goading me because sometimes I don't read the whole book. Mm -hmm. Just got to mm -hmm. tell people I don't always read all the books. But this book and Clarice kept checking with me every 10 minutes. Have you read the book? Have you read the book? <laughs> And I picked it up, and you know how precious uh, uh, weekend or downtime is right now to, as we head toward the holidays, right? There's a million mm -hmm. things to go to mm -hmm. and things to wrap and purchase and whatnot and attend and donate. <laughs> and um, <laughs> I sat down with this book, and I think it was about maybe page 24 or so, and I realized, oh, I'm, I'm hooked. I'm reading this. Uh, but we got to talk about the title. Your body is your brain. I didn't know whether to read it with a British accent like your body is your brain i didn't know whether to um read it like a, a school person you know your body is your brain what's your intention <laughs> with this title because really what it should be is the best damn book i've read this year <laughs> well that's a i think that's a fine title for the book um it doesn't say much about it, what you know what it's about so right. I, I decided to stick Sometimes. with the more topical mm -hmm. your body is your brain um and you know uh that is what the book is about in a nutshell. It's how we think with our whole selves. Mm -hmm. And really, that's a kind of thinking that we cannot escape. We do it all the time, as you'll know, having read the book. Um, but we don't, uh, we're, we're not on purpose about it. We're not deliberate about it. We don't know that we're doing it generally, and, and we don't know how to leverage it. And the book really um, helps people understand how to leverage their full intelligence, including their embodied intelligence, on behalf of the things they most care about in life, on behalf of their most important relationships, on behalf of what matters to them. I wanna I wanna bring some of the some of the 
stuff I can relate to because I feel like when we talk about it at the level of self-awareness or embodied self-awareness, it, it sounds a little bit cold and far, far away, you know, a little clinical. And yet I found that there were things in here I could relate to immediately. One of the first things is a notion of that, uh, well, you do a nice job of, of taking complicated um, concepts and making them useful for daily life, like how our brains work and why it is that we, you know, kind of want to kill the person that have a rage-filled, uh, fueled fit every time somebody cuts us off on the highway, but then it dissipates and we don't want to kill them for the rest of our <laughs> lives, right? But you've also got some not. nice pieces. Sorry, I may be too revealing there. Um, <laughs> but then uh, you've got a nice piece, and I, I, I found this, I think, was one of the first things that caught me, is this notion between dissociation and armoring up as two different, equally valuable, equally human ways that we adapt as we're younger. And I could see it in my kids. Will you speak to that a bit? Do you know what I'm talking about? I do. Oh, yeah. 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 I wrote the book. I do know yeah. what you're talking Sometimes about. Sometimes I ask people and they don't remember what they wrote. So I just want to make sure we're all good. Yeah. No, it's true. And and um, it's it, there will probably be things in this conversation where you have to jog my memory and I say, what? I said that? Right. Um, That's brilliant. Dis brilliant. <laughs> Dissociation and armoring. This is actually something I think every coach needs to understand because, um, well, I'll, I'll tell a brief story, which I do tell a little bit about in the book when I was very early in my coaching career and I was really only... Um, working with clients conceptual self-awareness their right. thinking self their analytical abstractions their you know sort of the worksheets and tools approach to coaching um that uh had its limitations and i had clients who really couldn't couldn't make uh the changes that they sought or couldn't make the changes as much as i saw was possible for them and part of the reason for that is we get our habitual behaviors literally physically wired into our bodies. And, um, you know, an, an example of that is like if you grow up in an environment that's really boisterous and loud. So during the period that your body and your brain is in very rapid growth development, you know, picture picture a big sort of um I don't want to pick on any particular person, but what's coming, you know, group you or whatever. But what's coming to mind for me is like an Italian family or my family. Uh, I have Greek heritage, right? Just sort of a big, loud family. I married so, an Italian, so I'm right there with you. They're right. too big and too loud. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of expressiveness. And yeah, loud too much. Right? And, and so what will happen is uh, in learning to adapt to that environment, um, you know, one person might adapt to that environment by getting really quiet, depending on their temperament. Mm -hmm. And, you know, maybe their brother or sister will adapt to that environment by getting really loud and boisterous. So um, then you go out into life and, and, you know, you go into different circumstances. Maybe that loud, boisterous behavior isn't really helping you or getting you what you want. Um, I'm getting to your question about armoring and dissociation. Part of what happens is as we're in this, you know, very rapid development of, of our youth, when our bodies and brains are growing really rapidly, we'll put some of those behaviors on autopilot. It's really efficient. Mm -hmm. It's really, a, you know, sort of 
biologically adaptive. So that boisterous, loud behavior will be very automatic. You won't even see it happening when you're doing it, right? And um, that can happen in more extreme cases where we either um, armor up, so like physically tighten up to uh, uh, fend off unwanted emotion. So for example, for the child who uh, finds all that loud loudness a little bit too much, mm-hmm. um, they may uh, tighten down their jaw or tighten their eyes or shrink away or uh, collapse or tighten across their chest. And after years and years of doing this, um, you know, they'll go out into the world with a little bit tighter chest that's constantly sending a little bit of a message to to the brain from the sort of part of the brain below the neck, right? Your distributed brain out to your fingers and toes, sending a message to the brain in the head, like quiet, quiet, don't Mm -hmm. speak up, don't speak up. And that may not get them what they want, right? So that armoring, that physical holding that is associated with a particular kind of behavior um, happens to us in life. A similar thing can happen around dissociation where we disconnect from our bodies are present moment felt experience um that frequently happens in situations where trauma has been present in the past true for children and adults mm-hmm. um and so all what happens is we get kind of neurobiologically wired throughout our whole bodies all the way to our fingers and toes um in ways that actually affect our behavior and if you rewind to me as a baby coach working with, you know, tools and, and worksheets, um, it simply wasn't enough to help my clients contend with the parts of them that were um, most stuck. Mm-hmm. But once I started to get uh, tools and approaches, methodologies that helped me work with those most stuck places, I had more of an opportunity, just more leverage to help them get what they wanted. So I I don't know, Christopher, if that gets right at your question about armoring and dissociation, but feel free to ask me more. It's perfect. And thank you so much. I love not only how you write, but I love how you speak. It's like, here's this, here's the A, B, C, D, and did I answer your question? Beautiful. Um, First of all, my first takeaway is I love the notion of baby coach with tools and worksheets. You know, I recently visited a client of mine uh, in their office in New York City, and uh, I walked in with, you know, a, a, my fancy bag and took out a pad and a pen. And they said, that's it. <laughs> I was like, yeah, that's what I got. Why don't you start talking? Um, so thanks for that uh, moment of recognizing that I used to be the guy who walked in with like, you know, a, a huge luggage with everything sort of metaphorically popping out of it. What um, I wanted to kind of de- delve down because I love the explanation, but Clarice, as somebody who's who's listening to this what do you notice about yourself did you become more of a more of a like i'll be loud and um and engaging did you become more of a like i'm gonna check out to get away what do you what do you recognize about yourself oh yeah absolutely i think as someone who um you know was raised by a quote-unquote alcoholic father Mm -hmm. i felt the emotional unavailability of him i I don't think you need quotes well you know (laughs) i don't want to anyway yeah um i I was one of the like, I need to be louder and the center of tension to like gain the love mm-hmm. in, in presence of like that absence and that um, just like feeling disassociated of like, oh, I really want to be loved right now. And it's great because I love what you're saying because there's this notion of like, you know, had I not done some personal work, 
I wouldn't have realized that like I was outsourcing that love and attention and like how could I actually give that to myself mm-hmm. yeah I love that and I and I I recognize it in my kids I've got a nine and 11 year old and the 11 year old is completely dissociating like anything that uh, she can use to get away from humans mm-hmm. I'm gonna draw I'm gonna read I'm gonna uh, go in my room I'm gonna get on you know the the interwebs um but my boy he wants to interact to the point where he will argue with you just to get the interaction mm-hmm. right like mm-hmm. um no that's not a hamburger it it absolutely is a hamburger <laughs> no it's not uh um what what question do you have for because uh, i i feel like this notion of somatic in- mm-hmm. intelligence has a whole framework to it that we need to get to. Do you want to go there? Or something? Yeah, let's do that. Because I want to know, I'm not sure how many people actually know, like, what is somatic intelligence and how do you kind of break that down into layman's terms, I guess? Yeah. Well, let me, do you guys mind if I, um, ma- I want to make in. a clarification about dissociation first? Because mm-hmm. um, that's a technical term that comes from psychology. And I just want to clarify, dissociation isn't necessarily, you know, Christopher, you described one of your children kind of withdrawing from contact. Right. Um, and that's specifically not... with her parents. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Is she the bordering on teenager nine right. going on 13? No, she's 11. Right. Yeah, exactly. Right. Right. So um, uh, really, dissociation is a disconnection from your own experience. So someone might be really absorbed by their artistic creation, for example. And that's or not their internal experience. Oh, got it. Okay. Or their internal experience. Dissociation is where you're actually connect- disconnected from your own experience mm-hmm. of life. And, and um, it can happen in situations where... Well, I won't describe all the possible situations that might lead up to it, but what it what it looks like is more like if you're sitting with a client and you ask them um, how they feel and they start to space out, mm. or they simply cannot answer the question and maybe right. they just, I don't know. Yeah, I've had that. that. Right. That kind that's closer to the dissociation that I'm talking about. It's a disconnection, and what's happening neurobiologically is. You actually can't feel yourself or experience mm-hmm. yourself, that embodied self-awareness or experiential self-awareness in, in the present moment, in the present time. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas armoring, you may or may not be aware that you're doing this, and generally you're not. It's an unconscious process. Armoring is a physical holding um, that is designed to keep unwanted emotions either deeply inside yourself or or fend them off, like that loud you know, loud voices or somebody being intrusive. Yeah. In the it's kind so. of like when you're uncomfortable and you deflect with like sarcasm or humor yeah. when you, everyone else around you is sad. Me? Why you gotta be like that? I mean, that was just my, <laughs> that's my experience of who I was. <laughs> Go to Portland, get out. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's great. Well, so I just want to clarify that. So, um, uh, all of that, understanding that more deeply, I think can be useful tools for us as coaches, but in terms of somatic intelligence, so Clarice, I want to circle back to the question that you asked, Mm -hmm. um, which I understand to be like, uh, somatic intelligence, what is it? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Is is that about right? Yeah. Um, you know, I think of, so this is very interesting because if you wanted to look at it from sort of a scholarly academic perspective, there's so much. Um, first of all, there's very little research on it. And second of all, what research there is, there's, there's so much, um, sort of lack of clarity and, and, uh, sort of, uh, 
uh, a term in search of a a clear scholarly definition. Mm -hmm. The way that I use the term somatic intelligence is it is the intelligence that lives in the tissues of our body, right? And that includes the intelligence that lives in the beat of your heart. So you get in a near-miss car accident, your heart beats fast. It actually sends a message to your brain saying danger that can come from your heart to your brain. And we normally think of the brain as this top-down control mechanism, right? But the reality is a huge amount of our intelligence comes from below the neck. And um, so that beat of your heart or the butterflies you get in your stomach when you um, get up to, you know, give a big presentation or whatever the high stakes thing is in your own life. If you as a listener are, you know, uh, you have a tough time in intimate uh, conflict, maybe that's when you get the butterflies in your stomach, right? Mm-hmm. And and then it gets as subtle as like, you're a little mildly uncomfortable in a conversation and your feet kind of grip the ground and sort of inside your shoes. And you may not even be aware that that's happening. And raising awareness that that's happening helps bring you into the present moment, brings you into present time, because you can't be aware of sensation anywhere but right now. Mm -hmm. You can remember how you felt and you can imagine how you might feel uh, in the future, but you literally cannot feel your physical sensations in any moment of time except for right now. And so paying attention to sensation is one of the most powerful ways that we have to bring ourselves more present and more alive. And when we bring ourselves more present and more alive, we have more of our best resources to contend with any situation that might be in front of us. That to me is somatic intelligence. I, okay, I've come up with this theory because I I uh, was deeply involved in a women's recovery program where with a lot of shamanic healing and and so on and so forth, right? And I noticed living in a house with 12 other women that everyone was just like, oh, I'm just anxious. Oh, I just feel anxious. And it's kind of like a labeling of this feeling in your chest, but like not going any further as to like getting curious as to like, what is the anxiousness about or what is that anxiousness pointing to? And I want to kind of ask you as, you know, a professional in this arena, like when you have people that feel like, oh, I'm just depressed or, oh, I'm just anxious. Like, how do you invoke that ability to kind of get curious to really pin down what is actually happening instead of just stopping at that, like, oh, I'm just anxious or, oh, I'm just depressed. Right. Yeah, that's a great question. And I think um, for coaches, having a, a sort of an arsenal of questions, I don't, that's such a military term. Um, <laughs> a, a, I don't know, you, maybe you guys can, a, a, a basket of questions <laughs> that, that they can ask that helps them get at not just why are you anxious, but how. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is like, what, what is going on inside you mentally, physically, emotionally, even spiritually that is presenting as anxiety. And um, so you can ask questions like, where do you uh, sense the anxiety, right? Where do you Mm -hmm. feel the anxiety? Put your hand on the part of you that is feeling most anxious right now. Does it have a color? Does it have a shape? Does it have a certain kind of movement to it? Um, Is it more of, a wave or a crackling, 
Is it more of a tingling or a tightening, right? Is it heavy or light? So all of these specific questions that I'm asking, the more specificity you can use in getting into your client's um, deeply embodied experience, the things that we're already good at, like, why am I anxious? Well, this person didn't do this right. And I'm, you know, or I'm anticipating this scary thing that I'm about to go do or whatever it may be. Um, you know, here are all the reasons why we're super used to going there. We're not used to going to the place of how, and when you start to go to how, right? Well, how do, how am I anxious? Well, I feel this fluttering in my chest and I get, I get tight, uh, sort of underneath my collarbones. Mm -hmm that actually gives you something that you can do about it, right? The fluttering in your chest may be a little bit harder, the tight under your collarbones. Well, what happens if you just imperceptibly move your shoulders back a little bit and make a little bit more space underneath your collarbones? What happens? Oh, huh. I feel about, you know, it's not all gone, but maybe like 30% less anxious from here. Okay, if you're 30% less anxious, um, you know, what's your next move, right? You get access to, I would say more, more resourcefulness. So, um, let me kind of boil that down into, into two really simple things that people can take away. Okay. One, ask really specific questions about your client's embodied experience, help them get as familiar with that as they can. And then two, Give them somewhere where to go with it. Help them find a way to shift, physically shift into a more resourceful state. Um, yeah, that's a learning process. It's probably not something that you'll walk away from one podcast and be an expert at, um, but it's a place to start. Yeah, it's absolutely planting the seed to, you know, water that and watch it grow. Yeah. Well, we're about to take a break. Our f time is flying by because we got. I want to get into the whole building skills and what we can take on and everything from courage and contribution to resilience. We've got a lot to discuss, but I want to let people know uh, where to go to get more information. So first of all, the book is Your Body Is Your Brain. Subtitle is Leverage Your Somatic Intelligence to Find Purpose, Build Resilience, Deepen Relationships, and Lead More Powerfully. The author is Amanda Blake. What are the best ways to find out more about you? And I understand that you've got some giveaways. You've got uh, an upcoming Body Equals Brain program. How can we find yeah. out more? Yeah. Um, so people can find out more by going to the Embright website, and that is Embright, E-M-B-R-I-G-H-T dot org embright.org and embright we like to say embody your brilliance and bright nice. is a, um an old sort of previously obsolete word word that we decided to bring back it means to enliven or embrighten um to to light a spark oh. so that's what we're all about and and you can find more about me about the book and about our programs there you mentioned the body equals brain program um that is a training program for coaches and other helping professionals. Um, we sometimes have yoga teachers come through the course, therapists, educators, people who work with people. And it is about how to, um, as a practitioner, learn how to leverage embodied intelligence and help your clients leverage leverage their embodied intelligence. And is um, that online or in person or where? How does that that's work? That's an online. It's an online uh, program, six month program. Unlike most online programs, it's um, 
well, whatever. There's a variety of things out there. Um, it's it's very very interactive. We spent a lot of time together, um, and uh, interestingly enough, a lot of time in experiential exercises. So you'll have to use your imagination or go look at the page, which you can find at mbright.org forward slash body dash brain, um, and you can learn more about that program there. Um, and more about the book as well on the website, or you can just find that at Amazon or any bookstore. Your body is your brain. Get it immediately. You will not be sorry. And you can start reading it right on the uh, website, mbright.org. When we come back, we'll talk more with Amanda Blake, and we'll get into some of the skill building, as well as what do you do after you've built your skills? Uh, you're listening to the coaching show here on accomplishmentmedia.com or wherever fine podcasts are available. Um, anything that you want people to know before we go to break? Oh my gosh, just put everything down, stop multitasking, and really dig into this next piece. I'm just so excited. This is so profound. That's right. This, these messages will be an excellent time for you to go get the book. Mm -hmm. Your Body is Your Brain. Amanda Blake. We'll be back with more right after this. Are you seeking to change your career to something that is both fulfilling and challenging? Do you want to help people reach their full potential and strive to achieve their dreams? Would you like to inspire those around you and help create a better world? If you're serious about a career change or just want to explore the craft of personal coaching, contact Accomplishment Coaching with locations across the country in Washington, D.C., Seattle, Chicago, New York City, and San Diego. Accomplishment Coaching is the leading institution in personal coaching. Our staff carefully monitors the entire program live during the training process and have met the strict standards of ICF International to achieve accreditation. Through a focus on quality instruction rather than endless modules of training, Accomplishment Coaching will guide you from your very first step all the way to becoming one of the finest coaches in the world. Visit AccomplishmentCoaching.com to learn more. Accomplishment Coaching, where coaches lead and leaders coach. Christopher McAuliffe is your source for the latest in the world of personal coaching. Whether it be speaking with such luminaries as Deepak Chopra or getting the newest techniques and innovation, the coaching show is always on the cutting edge of what's happening now. Tired of presentations with no impact, no inspiration, and no traction? Do dull speakers have you and your team disengaged and distracted by smartphones? Christopher McAuliffe brings energy, insights, and two decades of experience delivered with punch, humor, and heart. Your team will leave energized, uplifted, and with a sense of purpose. Visit ChristopherMcAuliffe.com to bring some heat to your next speaking engagement. M-C-A-U-L-I-F-F-E. ChristopherMcAuliffe.com. Gotham Books presents Marriage Rules by Harriet Lerner. The book Martha Beck calls, Required reading for anyone hoping to interact successfully with any other human, not just for those in romantic relationships. Get your copy wherever books and ebooks are sold and visit harrietlearner.com to learn how to change your marriage today. The Coaching Show is brought to you by Accomplishment Coaching, home of the world's finest coach training program. Here is Christopher McCullough, Master Certified Coach. Thank you, and uh, dear listener, you have arrived on a very great day. There's a book that this woman has written, Amanda Blake. The book is Your Body is Your Brain, and uh, I love it, uh, straight up. It's very valuable. I think every coach should read it. It's about leveraging somatic intelligence to find your purpose, build resilience, deepen relationships, and lead more powerfully. I think it should be required reading for every coach in the world. It's just uh, that good, and that b explains 
complex concepts in really basic, easy to understand, easy to use, easily recognizable terms. Um, you're listening to me. I'm Christopher McAuliffe, Master Certified Coach, as the voice, the disembodied voice of a young child told you. Uh, this here is Clar <laughs> Clarice Connolly. Clarice, uh, you're our in-studio guest co-host. What do you want the people to know? Yeah. Um, yes, I am. And I'm so excited <laughs> to be on here. Are you day drinking now? <laughs> no. Okay. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I'm a life coach and I empower women and really get them present to what is possible and you know cr out there creating the structures and taking actions to really move the beliefs that are in their way of making that real now so i'm really excited to do that and we can find you at empowerwomen plural dot coach singular um our guest is Amanda Blake, joining us from someplace deep in the darkest Midwest <laughs> of the United States in Michigan. Uh, you want to find out more about her by going to Embright. That's E-M-B-R-I-G-H-T, E-M-B-R-I-G-H-T dot O-R-G. Uh, Your Brilliance Embodied is not only the home of uh, her work, where you can order the book easily, of course, also on Amazon or wherever fine books are sold. Please go to a bookstore. Please, please go to a bookstore. And uh, But there's a ton of free resources there, too, so check it out immediately. Embright, E-M-B-R-I-G-H-T dot O-R-G. Before the break, we were talking about everything from your training program to what is somatic intelligence and how it's different than some of the other intelligence we hear a lot about these days, EQ and social intelligence and the like. Uh, I want to talk about building skills. Your book is divided into three parts. Will you will you elaborate on the three parts and why they're important and how they're useful? Yeah. Um, so mind if I say a bit about somatic intelligence and you pointed to EQ and it's it's really relevant actually to these three parts. So um, so let me answer your question and I'll I'll, I'll state my piece as I do. <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> <laughs> um, part one is really about how we, uh, how we develop what I call biobehavioral blind spots, how we develop um, habits and behaviors in our, in our lives that trip us up, that are hard for us to see and that are hard for us to change because they're embodied. We automatically enact them without thinking. And, um, when we learn how to get into other kinds of embodied practices, we have an opportunity to start to change those biobehavioral blind spots, to bring them into our awareness and to start to shift them. And that's what part two is about. So part, part one is about how those blind spots develop. Part two is about what we can do about them and how we can shift them. And um, really that's the piece about leveraging our somatic intelligence to get smarter about what matters most to us. Um, and it is the framework for part two is built around the uh, social intelligence and emotional intelligence models that have been developed for decades now. Many researchers, Daniel Goleman, uh, one of the ones making that work very popular and sort of mainstream, right, and yeah. well understood social and emotional intelligence. And I take that framework and show how somatic intelligence underlies every element of, of uh, emotional intelligence and social intelligence that we can develop. Things like um, being able to find a clear vision um, all the way through and managing ourselves in high pressure situations all the way through um, being able to inspire others or better resolve conflict. Um, so part two is all about that. And then part three is, I, I think I call it something like the promise of embodied learning. It's really about 
Great. So if you do all this, where where might it take you personally? Where might it take us as a society if we have um, if we're tapping more of our intelligence, not just our intellect, not just our EQ, right, but actually our somatic and embodied intelligence as well. Um, so that's how the book is structured. T- talked about parts one and two. What's part three of the book? Mm. Sorry. So part three, maybe I wasn't clear, is is that sort of promise right? What's possible for us as individuals and as a society, um, if we adopt some of these methods of learning and are able to, um, you know, embody more of our full intelligence. It's really, for me, it's the driver that connects it to the work that we do as coaches, because it's actually the key to a better world. And some of the, some of the people who, who are happy to recommend your book at the highest level, talk about that. You know, Chris Carver, the three-time Olympic coach uh, for USA Synchronized Swimming, says that it has the potential to change each one of us and the whole world for the better. And that's really the piece where I think coaches can relate to this. It's all about us getting better and being able to deliver a better world. Let's talk about some of the skill building or the skill areas that you say we need to develop to embody social and emotional intelligence. What do you think, is there, is there uh, instead of just kind of going down the list of what you've created, is there one that uh, particularly calls to you or was a particular challenge for you? Ooh, that's a good question. So um, I, I talk about four major competencies, so ma- what I call somatic competencies that underlie the competencies of of social and emotional intelligence. Mm -hmm. And those somatic competencies are sense, center, presence, and galvanize. Sense, center, presence, and galvanize. And um, each of these is something that we do inside ourselves, but it's also something that we do with other people. Um, And I don't, your question's a tough one for me, Christopher, because they're like, pieces of a puzzle they fit together so um tightly and they're so interwoven with one another uh and and this process is so holistic that in some ways it's hard to kind of tease out one and say this is the one that's most important um but give me a moment to reflect i'll see is there something in my own life that has been most calling to me sure or if you don't if you prefer we can talk about me Always, always an option. (laughs) Let's talk about you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I don't have a. You know, they're all important. There's not one that's standing out for me. Right. I noticed that. I noticed that um, some to me were more like, um, I don't care about that versus I do care about that. And I, I I think the better way to access it might be this. So yesterday, recently, yesterday, um, one of my top like most. beloved, relied upon people that I work with, one of my colleagues, uh, reflected to me, he said, you know, I love Tuesday Christopher, but Thursday Christopher is a complete jackass. <laughs> and I, you know, and I was astounded. I'm like, what in the world are you talking about? And he talked about in certain meetings, in certain times, like open-hearted, ca- caring and compassionate and, you know, uh, light, right? And fully present, like heart-based uh, connection, Christopher, Tuesday meetings. 
Thursday meetings, which are more business meetings, more get the job done meetings, you know, and also I think maybe I'm driven a little bit like it's the end of the week and we should have gotten more stuff done. Uh, Christopher, he said, is like a kind of a jerk and we always feel like we've done something wrong and those meetings are no fun at all. When you hear that through the somatic competencies, what are you, what are you hearing there? Anything that we can point to to support people listening? Yeah, gosh. Okay, thank you. It's a beautiful example. Um, so uh, in the book, I, I divide um, the emotional and social intelligence competencies into this quadrant. I'm not the first one to come up with this you know, two by two grid describe <laughs> all of us, all of us make our living on a two by two. Right? Grid, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but, but, uh, there's what I want to point out is that there's an awareness component and an action component. And in both of these cases, um, you're talking about the action component of both emotional intelligence and social intelligence. So when you're feeling high, you know, sort of under pressure, can you enact this somatic competency of centering yourself, which we could describe as returning to it? Okay, I'm going to get technical here. Returning to a state of psychophysiological coherence. What that is, is essentially, you know, your heart rate, your blink rate, your respiratory rate are all happening at, if you were to plot them on a graph, at coordinated rhythms, as opposed to a graph where all of those rhythms are going haywire, they're not in sync with each other. We know this in our own experience is the difference between feeling frazzled and feeling calm. Right, the anxiety so, that Clarice talked about earlier. Right. right, exactly, exactly. So if you have a way, if you have a process, a method where you can center yourself, and here's what's really important, on the fly, in the middle of the meeting, when you're being jackass, Christopher, right? Oh, you can shift your physical state, your embodied state, and your psychological state in such a way that you can return to your more open-hearted, present Tuesday Christopher, right? Right. Move from Thursday Christopher to Tuesday Christopher. And um, if you yourself have a way of doing that, if you have embodied that capacity, and you can enact it right there in the middle of a meeting, as opposed to having to go to your you know, uh, your martial arts class or your yoga class or on your run or go home and, uh, sort of meditate or take a bath or, you know, you don't have to step out of the meeting to do that. None of those things I actually do to be clear. Go ahead. Okay. I'm just playing. I'm just playing. Move on. No, he's not. Yeah. Your thing is, right? <laughs> I'm trying to give a range of options. <laughs> I'm just playing. Consider. Please go right ahead. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But if you have a way to do that while you're while you're in in a meeting on the fly, what I call embodied mindfulness in action, mm. and you you can center yourself on the fly like that, then you have uh, the opportunity to become more present, right? So I talked about sense, center, presence, and galvanize. Um, and when you are more centered and present, you have a much more powerful presence with which to work with and influence, i.e. galvanize, your colleagues. Um, let me pause there and see what questions you have about that. I, I'm curious, is this where you would insert something like EFT or just like coming back to your breath? Um, I wouldn't actually use either of those things, oh. not because they're not great tools. I, I would absolutely invoke them at other times. Mm -hmm. um, but in the middle of a meeting, EFT is kind of going to get in your way if you're mm. tapping all over your 
face or your body or whatever. Um, absolutely, you can Tap use other the people. breath. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, you can absolutely use the breath. And um, that's powerful for a lot of reasons. But I don't know if you've ever noticed this, either one of you. My, my guess is if you're like most humans, you've uh, had experiences where you go, wow, if I had just taken a deep breath in that meeting or maybe yeah. 10, I, I, that everything would have gone much more smoothly, right? But we forget, mm -hmm. we forget. And so the power of embodied practice is that um, we build muscle memory so that we don't have to remember. And you build that muscle memory outside of your uh, everyday sort of meetings and, and interactions and exchanges, but you have to kind of interweave it in your life. So you don't just go to you know, a yoga class or a martial arts class, you might happen to also do that. You don't just meditate sitting on the cushion. But on Tuesday, when you're Christopher, that's most present and open hearted right there, you're practicing um, whatever the key may be for you. And this is where it gets tricky, because it's really customized for every single client. Mm -hmm. But let's just say Christopher, for you, that what helps you bridge from a more stressed out self to uh, a more centered self is relaxing your eyes and getting heavier in your seat, right? So I'm just offering two, these are two possibilities. Yeah. So let's say on Tuesday, five times throughout a meeting, you relax your eyes and get heavier in your seat. And you're doing that because you've told your colleagues you're, you're practicing this and they're helping you, or maybe you've set a little flag on your phone, or maybe you drew a little picture on your notepad. And so every time you glance down at that picture, you go, oh, right, I relax my eyes and I get heavier in my seat. And let's say you do that uh, five times a meeting, every meeting you have for three months. On Thursdays, you're going to start to show up differently because your body's going to have a muscle memory that's like, oh, right, they asked me to be more present at this time of week. Right, let me just relax my eyes and get a little heavier here. And, oh, I can feel that that's straightening my spine. And I'm starting to shift into that space of psychophysiological coherence, right, that more physiologically and psychologically centered space. So I, I hear that, like, coming from that, place could be more powerful and memorable like how can you explain that in like a flat like layman's term kind of way like what is the result of that what is the result of that um uh <laughs> tuesday christopher <laughs> yeah, nice <laughs> right so, you show up as more of your best self so how does this play a role when it comes to like leaders parenting education or any other field really yeah. So, um, oh my gosh. Uh, you know, if you are working with people, which is all of us fundamentally, right. But if you're in a leadership role where you have people who you're, um, either you're responsible for their work or they're responsible to you for something, mm -hmm. right? there's some set of mutual responsibilities there. If you're a parent, um, where there's a huge set of mutual and, you know, sort of unilateral one way responsibilities. Um, an educator, if you are working with people, you, you need to know how to shift into your best self in those moments where it's most 
um, challenging to do so. And if we rewind to what, what we were talking about earlier, Clarice, when you were talking about anxiety, mm-hmm. right? Um, knowing why you're anxious sometimes helps you shift your anxiety into a feeling of calm. Sometimes when you figure out what it is that's causing your anxiety, you can go, oh, right, your body automatically takes a deep breath. Mm -hmm. But I I mentioned there, and I'll mention again here, knowing how you're doing it is what gives you a pathway, uh, an opportunity, the possibility to shift how you're doing it. It gives you a way to intervene that offers an action you can take. And um, as a leader, as a parent, as a person living on earth, if you have an action that you can take when you are under pressure or when you are in a situation where you really need to wield positive influence or um, when you simply want to be fully present for your client or a friend in need or an ill relative, right, an ill loved one, whatever it may be, um, if you have a way to shift into that state very deliberately, if you know the how, if you have a map, if you have the pathway, then you have an opportunity to be more choiceful, more responsive in how you show up as opposed to reactive in those situations that are that are really high pressure. So I don't lost track your question, Clarice. Did I? Was... Did I... <laughs> no, you did great. Yeah, that was it. it. Well, our time has flown by, and that's, I'm so delighted to speak to you, and, but I'm even more delighted that you've created this opportunity for all coaches everywhere to get access to all of this brilliant learning in a really un- easy to understand, easy to implement, easy to practice way. Thank you so much for the work. Uh, th- this is extraordinary. And listen, if you're within the sound of my voice, go get immediately the book, Your Body is Your Brain. You can get it on the Kindle. You can get it in audiobook. You can get it however you want, but get it. Uh, Amanda Blake, you're extraordinary. You're a master somatic coach from the Strozzi Institute. You're in a PhD program now somewhere in the middle, uh, in the flyover country. Uh, any last, any parting thought or parting shot for tens of thousands of coaches today? Mm. This is the revolution. So join us. Mm. Beautiful, profound, and precise. I love it. Um, uh, by the way, when you are ready to go to Thailand, call me or, and let's talk because uh, I got I, it's one of my favorite places on the planet and I got places for you to go and see and things to do. Uh, meanwhile, if you're within the sound of my voice, definitely check out Embright, E-M-B-R-I-G-H-T dot O-R-G. Um, Clarice, tell us one thing you're taking with you from our conversation today. I just love that like this is the revolution. So join us. I love the call forth to really tap, in, tap into that depth and emotion in your somat- somatic body. Your somatic? Your somatic. I know. I had <laughs> you a became Bostonian all of a sudden? <laughs> uh, the, the, the work is critically important. Mm. I really want to have you back on so we can just talk about resilience. Will you come back and visit us again, Amanda Blake? I would love to. Thank you for the invitation, yes. And you also have a program, right? You got something up coming up their sleeve? Body starting equals next brain. Year? Yeah. You can find out more by going to embright.org mm-hmm. forward slash body hyphen or dash brain, correct? Yep. All right, great. Thank you so much. That's Mandy. You can call her Amanda Blake or soon to be Amanda Blake PhD. This is The Coaching Show right here on Accomplishment Media. We bring you people at the cutting edge of coaching each and every week. I thank you for listening, dear listener, and we'll talk to you next week. 
The Coaching Show is brought to you by Accomplishment Coaching, home of the world's finest coach training program. That's all for today's edition. We will talk to you next week.